Church family, how's everyone doing today? Are we ready to praise God for everything He's done? That's all right. In just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me. With just one word. The darkness has to retreat In just one touch I feel the presence of heaven With just one touch My eyes were open to see My heart can't help but believe Come on, say It's nothing that our God can do It's not a mountain that he who oh, praise the name that makes a way There's nothing that I got in you With just one word You heal what's broken inside With just one word You revive every dream You can make it all happen just one touch, I feel the power of heaven. Oh, rain down those steps. And just one touch, my eyes are open to see. My heart can't help but believe. Oh, say, it's nothing that I can't It's not a mountain that he can move. Oh, praise the name. today I will believe for greater things there's no power like the power of Jesus let faith arise let all agree there's no power like the power of Jesus I will believe for greater things there's no power like the power of Jesus let faith arise, let all agree, there's no power like the power of Jesus.
Give him praise today. All this nothing that I got cannot do. For if he is for us, who can ever stand against us? Amen, church. Come on, let's let's continue to worship and give him thanks. You are greater and you are stronger. We thank you. Into the 
God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. Sing it again. Our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power, our God, our God. Who could stand against us if our God is for us? Amen. God, we thank you. We thank you for the name Jesus. There is no other name higher and no other name greater who has walked this earth. And we worship your name today. Come on, let's sing this next one. name have a sweet sound to it. The wonderful name, the powerful name of Jesus.
Amen, amen. Isn't God great this morning, church? Why don't we lift up a shout of praise? Come on. All glory to God. Hallelujah, God. Heavenly Father, we give you praise. We give you honor in this place, God, because we know your name is beautiful, God. Your name is great. Your name is mighty, God. Your name, God. You, you are here, God, and we give you thanks for that, God. You're a God who meets us where we're at, God, and you're a God who is so beautiful, who is so loving. You love us enough to not keep us where we're at, God. You're a God who works on us, God, because you've called us your masterpiece, God, and we give you thanks for that today, Lord. I pray for all my brothers and sisters here this morning who are coming coming into your house after a long week, God. Many of us have so much going on, God. This city, this whole city, God, is... There's so much violence, so much crime going on, and it affects us all, God. I pray for everybody in here who just needs to come to you for some comfort, God. Everybody who needs to come to you for some peace, Lord. I pray that you fill us with that this morning, God. I pray that you continue doing what you've been doing for all of eternity, which is loving us, loving people, God. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing, and it's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen, church. Why don't we keep on worshiping this morning, God? Come on. Isn't our God powerful? Isn't our God mighty church? Can we lift up one more big shout of praise? Come on. All glory to God. Glory to the Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for for meeting us in this place. I ask that you bless this time of fellowship, this time of getting into your word and seeking your face. God, I pray that you make our hearts receptive to what it is you want from us this morning, God. So that way we can internalize your word and embody your love and go change Albuquerque this morning, God. It's in your precious holy name we pray. In the name of Jesus, all God's people say, amen. Hey church, let's take a moment and heck yeah, heck yeah. Let, let's let's take a moment and let's, let's give it, let, let's greet one another this morning as worship comes to a close, yeah?
Well, good morning, church. I know we're all still getting seated, but we're going to go ahead and just share a few announcements with you this morning. Um, how are y'all doing this morning? Doing good. Heck yeah. Yes, Heck that was yeah. such a beautiful, beautiful time of worship. I absolutely love that last song. Like, mm-hmm. what a beautiful name it is, for real. Oh, yeah. I love, love our time of worship here. Um, so we want to go ahead and just share a few announcements with you guys this morning. Mm-hmm. Um First of all, were there any ladies who went to Sisterhood yesterday in the room? Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. Awesome. Heck yeah. Was it a great time? Yeah? That's great Sweet. to hear. Well, men, we want to go ahead and we want to offer the same kind of fellowship to you guys Absolutely. as well. So we want to go ahead and let you know that the men's retreat is still open. Is there anybody registered in the room? Ooh. No? Oh, we got one Oh, over heck here. yeah. That's Look at the moss over here. Well, yes, sir. Like got one join? in the back. Oh, yeah. We see you. We see you. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, there is... Registration is still open. The dates are going to be August 26th through the 28th. Men in the room, please, I encourage you, sign up for this. Mm -hmm. It's going to be such a great time of fellowship with your brothers, even the people you haven't met yet. Mm -hmm. Um, If you all like fishing, you don't have to eat the fish, but you can at least catch it and then toss it back (laughs) in the river or let someone else eat it, you know? It'll be such a great time. You get to pray together, read the word together, and just be together as Mm -hmm. the church. And so, men... Please register. It's on. It's available online. And what else do we have, David? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And you know that men's retreat, guys. How many of us know that sometimes all we need is just a good weekend with the boys, a time with with just the men to iron sharpens iron, and just to experience that, you know. And so I know for me, especially as a young person who's I'm 22 years old, just turned 22. I love going to these events because I get to sit around people who have been walking with Christ longer than I've been alive, which is just amazing to me. And so I know for me, it's like, hey, man, tell me just everything about life. How do you do it? You know, I don't like I don't know how to live life. I'm 22, you know. And so that's why I love these events. I learn so much just from fellowship with these men. They're good role models at these events, you know. And so if that's what you're needing in your life or if you're a young person and you're like, I don't know if I want to hang out with all the older men, like I'm, I'm like super. We're young, like it's cool. We're all family. We all love Christ. We're all on the same team, man. And so it's beautiful, and I highly encourage you to be there. And on top of that, uh, man, we've also got another opportunity for fellowship coming up this Saturday, actually the thirteenth. <clears throat> Excuse me, at seven thirty a.m. We have our men's breakfast. Uh, if you guys like, you know, just just the, the good stuff, bacon, hash browns. Uh, I don't know, red chili, green chili. They always have like the hottest green chili there. They'll have, egg. They'll have eggs. Eggs, not eggs. just a single oh, egg. Sorry. Not just, not just a single egg, multiple bread. eggs, yes. But at, at the men's breakfast, those are the kind of things we do. Normally Josh or, or Bethel will bring a beautiful word and encourage us, and it's just always a fantastic opportunity for fellowship. So again, that's this coming Saturday, 7.30 a.m. right here at New Beginnings. I'm sure y'all know where it's at, yeah? Like it's, I'm so excited for that event, so I really hope to see you guys there. And also, and with the spirit of fellowship in mind, with, you know, wanting to connect people to each other and nudge them towards Christ, we have another family-type event coming up in August. Lena, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. So, August 27th, mark your calendars. We are going to be having our Isotopes family night at, obviously, the Isotopes Park. Who here, do, do you guys like baseball? Yeah, I like baseball. I think it's pretty fun, but I like being with my family to watch baseball even more. I think oh, it's yeah. so much fun just to be together. Y'all can eat your nachos, you know, have a, have a 
like $10 lemonade that's like this big, you know? It's really <laughs> fun. But if y'all haven't if y'all haven't gotten tickets yet, like please we're we're selling tickets out in the in the mall right now. If you guys want to join us that night, it's it'll be so great. I know I went to the last um, Isotopes event that we had with the church and it was so great. I got to see so many familiar faces and I got to even see some unfamiliar faces and get to know them. So, it's really fun and baseball's really cool, you guys. So it'll absolutely. be a great time. Again, sure. August 27th. Yeah, absolutely. August 27th. That's going to be an awesome, awesome experience. And you know what I love about these kinds of events is you know what happens when God's people come together just to hang out? We just, just life happens. God shows up just through the fellowship. Do you know what happens when God's people get together and then go out just to hang out? We get to share some of that love with lots of people that otherwise we just they wouldn't be exposed to it. So sign up for that, man. That's going to be an awesome way to just connect with your family, connect with your friends, grow more, and just be the hands and feet. And on top of that, we've also got um, Saturday, August 20th, with that same, I guess, theory in mind. Giving back to the community with God's Warehouse is Saturday, August 20th. If you guys don't know, giving back to the community, I think last year it was one of the biggest events like in Albuquerque, given that we were coming out of the pandemic. And there are tons of people that go, we just give away stuff haircuts, school supplies, food, everything. It's going to be at Mesa Verde Park on that Saturday, the 20th. So please be there for more information. There is a booth out in the mall. Uh, we need volunteers. We need help to pull off such an amazing um, you know, event where we give back to the community. So if you want more information, there's a table out in the mall where you can get more info. But of course, none of this would be possible without... Your faithful tithes and offerings everybody we would not be able to keep the lights on in this house or outside of this house if it were not for your faithful giving and we want to thank you for everything you've already given and we encourage you to continue to give so that we can continue to share the light of jesus with our city uh the slide behind us has all the ways that you can uh give you can give online and with our tithing boxes at every exit or you can give through our app personally i like to give through our app it's super easy um, every I have it scheduled to just do my tithe every week, and then any time I have extra cash, I'm able to go in and just input that money and be able to give to keep the lights on here. So we encourage that. But without further ado, I think that's all we have for today. Yes, that is. Yes, that is. Awesome. So can we just give a big, warm welcome to Pastor Richard today? <laughs> Thank you, young lady, young man. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Guys, uh, I don't know if you've kept up with the news lately, but <clears throat> we're in a city in crisis. The homicide rate is out of control, and now they think there might even be a serial killer because they've already been four Muslims murdered in just the past few days. So would you join me in praying for our city, Father our hearts break when we hear of all these senseless killings, Lord. There's been so many people murdered, and it seems like we're probably going to even exceed the over 100 homicides of last year. And it grieves us to understand this and hear this. But now, Lord God, uh, it seems like there's somebody targeting Muslims, and there's already been four murdered and they're quite concerned about our community. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray a covering over this city, protection that, Lord, this homicidal spirit would leave and go back to the pit of hell where it belongs. 
Father God, protect our city, protect the Muslim community, watch over them, give them your peace, let them come to know you. I pray in the mighty name of Christ our Lord, amen. Amen. Guys, um, I really want to remind you that amazing things are happening, and you and I are a part of that. So thank you so much for your giving. Uh, It's such a blessing to be able to do ministry uh, within the four walls of this building, but also all the way around the world. And we're so excited about that. So thank you for your continual support. Hey, I want to let you know to the men's retreat, the actual cost for the men's retreat is $150. That covers everything. But a a scholarship grant has been given to us. So for the first 25 men that sign up, it's only going to be $75 total cost, all your meals, your lodging, everything. So I really want to encourage you guys, please sign up, man. It's going to be a great, great, great gathering. It's at the end of this month. It's Friday night, all day Saturday, and uh, half day Sunday. And it's just an amazing time for men to get together to be encouraged. So we hope that you'll be a part of that. Young people, be dismissed to your worship service. And um, you guys have an amazing time. Anyone that's in the 6th grade to 12th grade, feel free to join them. And it's just a joy to see what God is doing in these young people's lives. Um, I Please forgive me, kids. I forgot to pray for you guys. School starts on Wednesday. So make sure they pray for them back there, and we're going to pray for them here. I told the kids it's a weird time. They're all excited because they get to go see all their friends again. Yeah! And then they go back to school. Oh! <laughs> but, Lord, we do pray a covering and a protection over all of our schools across not only New Mexico but across America. Father, we pray protection. We pray no harm to come to any kid, any child, any student, any teacher, any support staff. Father God, we pray that you pour out your peace over the campuses and blessing in Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I'm starting a sermon series that... um, I'm calling it changing the way you think. We really have very destructive thinking, and our thinking guides our life, and our thinking takes us places a lot of times we don't need to be. And sometimes it pulls us out of places that we were, and we reshifted our thinking. So what I want to talk about today is how to make positive changes in your life. We can, really can, control our thoughts, and our thoughts have the power to shape the kind of life that we're going to live. So we have to understand that that's why it's so important to think about what you think about, to really keep that in focus and to make sure you don't go places you're not supposed to be. And we can communicate with God. It's really amazing that our mind is different than any other species on this planet As humans, we could communicate. We could think of the past, the present. We could think of the future. We could, we could analyze things in, in, in ways that are very complex. And some people say that we only use 10% of the brain. As they do more and more study on the brain, that's really not true. We use a whole lot more. And then there's some people that don't use any at all. You know what I mean? It's like, well, that didn't work out, you know? 
But we really have the ability to know God and to love God and to talk with God and to share with God and to to communicate with God all because of our brain. And what's really awesome is that the Bible says God thinks of us and we're a thought in his mind and he thinks of us often, actually all the time. In Psalm 139, verse 17 and 18, it says, how precious you are. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Father, thank you. Thank you that you, Lord, you are with us. You think of us. You have us in your heart at all times. I pray that we could understand that and then apply it in Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to be sharing a whole lot of material in a very short time. I'm going to download a whole bunch of stuff and I'm going to kind of lay out this series as, as I talk about nine real strong principles that we need in our life to really make positive changes in our life. And the first one is our thoughts control our life, but we can control our thoughts. It's important that we understand that though our thoughts control our lives, we could control our thoughts so we can direct where we're going to go. We can direct our thinking. We can redirect and reshift our thinking because sometimes we get trapped and something triggers us and we start thinking really negative and destructive, but we have the power, especially through the Holy Spirit of the living God, to reshift and refocus our thinking and to think completely different because we can control our thoughts and it's important that we do. In the book of Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says, so for, uh, for as a man thinketh, so is he. We have to understand that how you process your thoughts, how you think is really important because what you hold on to and what you see and how you see yourself is how you're going to end up living out. Your actions are going to be literally the manifestation of your thoughts. Because our thoughts happen in our mind, then it creates feelings, and our feelings create action. And we have to be able to guard that and protect that because our thinking could take us in really destructive places at times that are hurtful to us and not only us, but people around us. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, guard your heart, that means your mind, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. That is so true. We have to understand that that you've got to be careful of what you think because your thoughts are going to guide your life. Your thoughts run your life, and your life is shaped by your thoughts. And that's why it's so important that you keep them in check because your thoughts might, though they might run your life, but you can control these thoughts and what you feed yourself because there's always information being poured into your thought life. It's either by you obtaining it or you just viewing it. Look, the media today can really be destructive. Let's just take the news. You watch the news. I watch the news to get information, but I try not to let it affect how I think. 
Because you go watch the news and end up thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't leave the house. It's dangerous. It's horrible. And the news can start shaping your mind in such a manner that you start getting all paranoid and you start having worry and paranoia. And before you know it, you don't leave the house. And before you know it, oh my gosh, monkeypox, monkeypox. It's like, oh my gosh. It, 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 it gets to you. And it, now we have to be careful. With this pandemic, people started washing their hands. I'll be very honest with you. I've been washing my hands since I was a little boy. They would say, andale, wash your hands, lavate la manos. You'd wash. You'd have to wash before you, when you got up in the morning, you, you wash your hands when you're going to sit down to eat. You wash your hands after you ate. I don't know about you. I've, I've washed my hands, but we live careful, but we don't live in paranoia. Media could really affect that. You could be watching a movie and hate what you're watching. It's real easy to do this. Change the channel. Some people are, are, are allowing media to speak into their life in a very destructive way. Or literature. Reading the paper, reading magazines, reading whatever you might read that really affects the way you think. People could put thoughts in your life. You could have got up today and you're all hyped and, oh man, what a beautiful day. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get to see my friends. And you come to church and you even had a spring in your step and you're all excited and you come to church. And as soon as you walk in, you, one of your friends sees you and they go, are you okay? You look pale. Really? You know, I, maybe I'm not okay. I don't, I don't feel good anymore. It's like, oh my gosh, they affected your thinking just by the way they saw you. Somebody told you, oh my gosh, you look amazing today. Dude, there's a spring in your step. Oh my goodness, that's a beautiful outfit. That's such a pretty dress. And you're like, really? You think so? Oh, thank you. Thank you. It builds you up. How people pour into you can really affect you, and you've got to understand that. So realize that you could control your thoughts. Second thing you have to understand is that any change we want in our life has to start in our mind. It's got to start in your mind. Change begins in your mind. It became not in your behavior. You could say, I don't want to do this anymore. But until you totally purpose it in your mind, you're just going to find yourself doing it again and again. And you go, why do I do this? What's wrong with me? Golly, what's wrong with me? Paul addresses this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where he says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. He says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. But he's got to change the way you think because sometimes we're thinking so destructively, it really messes us up. Look, we, you've heard me say this a number of times. We have stinking thinking, but we really do. We really have destructive, stinking thinking. And this friend of mine told me, man, pastor, you're right, man. We're tore up from the floor up. And I said, so we need to get a checkup from the neck up. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. They're like, oh, brother, do we have to hear this? But it's true, though. Because of our thinking, we are tore up from the floor. We're all messed up. And you know what? We have to get a checkup from here up. 
we got to get it and let it happen here first. We've got to let God come into our thought pattern and shift it and change it and transform it because we have such destructive thinking because we believe a bunch of lies and we believe things that aren't even true. And we listen to these voices and they affect us. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 8, Jesus said, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, whose thinking is pure, for they will see God. You see, when you get your inside world right, your inside thinking, your mind, your heart, when you get that lined up with God, then you're going to see God on the outside. You're going to see God in the outside world because you're going to see him every place you go. God is all over the place. His handprint, his thumbprint is every place. But sometimes because we're so consumed with our negativity and we're so consumed in our destructive thoughts, we don't see him and we say, where's God? Where was God? Why isn't God here? Why? And we start getting all upset at God when the whole time he's right there. But because of our destructive thinking, we can't see him or even experience him. So we've got to make sure that we understand that any change that we want has to start with our thinking, our mind. And bring me to the next thing. We can change how we feel by changing how we think. We can change how we feel by changing how we think. You've got to understand that our feelings are resistant to our own will. We want to do something, but we can't do it. I want to do this, but I can't seem to do it. What's wrong with me? Our thoughts control our feelings. Your thoughts get distorted, and before you know it, you start thinking weird. Just like I said earlier, it's just like watching a program you don't like. All you have to do is change the channel, change the radio station, or whatever you might be watching that on, whatever platform, just shut it down. But instead, we entertain it over and over and over, and it changes the way we think. And before you know it, we can't seem to get it together, and we can't seem to understand why our feelings are so distorted. Yet you see the psalmist in Psalm 42, verse 6 say, My God, now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. He's saying, Man, God, I'm broken, I'm hurting, I'm... I'm really discouraged right now, but I'm going to remember you. I'm going to look back and remember everything you've done for me. I'm going to look back and remember everything you've transformed me from. I'm going to remember everything that you've pulled me out of. In the book of Jonah, chapter 2, verse 7, Jonah says, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. He's saying, God, all I know is I felt like my life is just slipping away. I felt like everything was going wrong. Everything was, 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 I was losing it all. But I had to remember you. And when I remembered you, man, I went into the temple. I went to pray. I went to praise. I went to just connect with you because I knew that my thinking was distorted and my feelings were all messed up. Because let me tell you something. How you think is going to determine how you feel. And how you feel is going to determine your actions. And so you need to stay on top of that and you need to regroup and you need to say, God, I need to have the healthy thinking because my feelings are really distorted right now. And because my feelings are distorted, I am really thinking really dumb things. And now I'm doing dumb things because I really feel bad. 
I don't feel it. I feel broken. And we need transformation. And it brings me to the fourth thing I think we need to do if we're really going to make positive changes in our thinking, and that is we need to realize that every behavior is based on a belief. Every behavior is based on a belief. Let me, let me explain that. In other words, how you think is now how you feel. And how I feel, I, I'm going to believe this. And because I believe this to be true, and because I'm believing this, now I'm going to react a certain way on what I believe, even if it's not true. In other words, someone could gossip to you, and they could say, you know what they said about you? And now, because of what was said, your behavior is going to be based on what you choose to believe of what they told you. And you've got to discard that. Like, if you feel, if you watch the news or you're watching a movie and you got somewhat alarmed and scared, now your behavior is going to be fearful. You're going to be, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm afraid. Lock the doors. Watch out. The dog's barking. What's he barking at? Oh my gosh, look outside. Go get the gun. Protect us. And you think I'm joking. People really get totally crazy because their feelings are all distorted and now it's changing the way they behave in the book of Haggai chapter 1 verse 5 it says this is what the Lord of heaven's army says he says look at what is happening to you that would look it literally means think carefully of what is happening to you I want you to process it I want you to think it I want you to really make sure it's true or not So when something sets you off, when something happens in your life, when you start thinking really weird and you start getting all weird and your feelings are weird and you start behaving weird, what you need to do is stop and you need to ask, why, what right now am I believing? What am I believing? What am I believing that it set me off? What did I just believe that might not even be true, but I'm responding as it is? Help me, God. Help me. i got to pull it together. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 15, he says, only simpletons, in another version, it says only fools believe everything they're told. The prudent carefully consider their steps. So you need to say, why did this bug me so much? Why did it set me off? What's wrong with me? Why am I getting all weird? You might think everyone's talking about you. So now uh, it's like the, the lady that thought everyone was talking about her. And the husband goes, oh my gosh, hon, calm down. Come on, let's just go. I'm going to take you to a football game. And when they got in the huddle, she goes, see, they're talking about me. <laughs> it's like, don't overplay it. So ask yourself, what am I believing right now? What triggered me what bugged me that it set me off and it brings me to the fifth thing i want to say is that anytime we sin at that moment we're believing a lie you're believing a lie every time you sin you're believing a lie that you decided to do and you fell into temptation and you ended up sinning because the devil convinced you whatever you ended up doing was going to be good when it's not it's destructive 
Some woman flirts with you and then you flirt back and then she flirts and now you flirt and you guys are flirting and man, you're going, man, I haven't felt this way a long time. God, my husband doesn't make me feel this way anymore. My wife doesn't make you feel this way anymore. Well, you're flirting and you're married, so you're hiding, so the adrenaline's going, and of course you feel all, ooey, ooey, yeah, you're feeling ooey, kukui, don't let me get caught. That isn't a feeling of, of butterflies, that's a feeling of sin that you're wrestling with, and you're starting to believe the lie that if you run off with him, your life's going to be better. Guess what? He snores too. She's not as perfect as she looks. The devil messes with our head. Even media, the music. Some of you are old enough to remember this song. And it wasn't that long ago, but some of you are young. You might not have ever heard it. Ricky, Ricky, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Oh, Ricky. Oh, Ricky. Susie, Susie. You, you remember that song? Come back to church. Come back to church. But even the music, it starts changing your mind. And you're there going around and you're going, ooh, she's so fine, she blows my mind. He's so fine, she blows my mind. That's a life in the pit of hell. Quit thinking that nonsense. You're a married man or you're a committed man or you're a committed woman. You're engaged. You said you guys were committed to each other, yet you're committed to be looking around. What's wrong with that? The devil says, oh, it's not going to hurt you. Oh, my gosh, it's not going to hurt anyone. Everyone's doing it. Like, if it's going to be that bad, oh, my God, if you just take a hit, it's going to relax you. Just take a little fentanyl. It's going to relax you. Get rid of that garbage. Oh, just, just, just gamble a little. It's going to relax you. Just lie and gossip. It's going to relax you. Just mess with me. The devil lies to us, and when we believe a lie, boom, we fall into sin. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. James, the apostle, tells us in James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, temptation comes from our own desires. So you have these desires, and the devil pulls those desires, and he hooks you and baits you with your own desires, which entice you. And drag you away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. You're cooked. You're fried. It messes you up. Satan is the father of lies. He's a liar. He wants to destroy you. He wants to annihilate you. He wants to lead you to death. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy anything he can. But we can control our temptations. We can control our thoughts. What lie are you believing? What lie are you believing when you keep yielding to the temptation? What lie is he convincing you of that it's going to be okay and it's going to be all right, but it's going to mess you up? And it brings me to the next thing I want to say. That if we're really going to make positive changes in our thinking, we have to understand that an unseen war is going on and for our mind. There's an unseen war going on for our mind and in our mind. It's the craziness. 
And this war is trying to control your mind. It's trying to control the way you think. It's trying to control you. And it does control us because we end up doing really dumb things that we know are wrong. Maybe you've heard the story of the hiker. And he's hiking and he's in snow-capped mountains. But it was the summer, but they were so high, there's snow up there. And and he's going back down. He had reached the the summit and he's on his way back down and there's snow and ice and he's all bundled up and he sees a snake and he jumps back and the snake says, please, sir, please take me down to the valley where it's warm. He goes, no way, you're a snake. You're going to bite me and I'll die. He goes, sir, I'm not going to bite you and so you'll die because if I bite you, then you're going to die and I'll die too. I'll freeze to death. Please, sir. Give me a ride down as you hike down. So he says, okay. So he reaches down and gets a snake and he throws it in his backpack. The snake's there whispering in his ear. Gosh, thank you so much. I was, I was freezing. I was about to die and wow. That's getting warmer as it's going down and now they see the valley and it's all green and he takes off his big heavy coat and when they're finally there, the man reaches back to get the snake and let him go. And when he reaches back, the snake bit him. He said, hey, man, why'd you bite me? He goes, because I'm a snake. And you knew what I was when you picked me up. That'll preach, people. You and I are picking up snakes. We know it's wrong, but there we are picking it up. This won't hurt me. This isn't going to hurt anyone. This isn't wrong. This isn't bad. And you're messing up your life because you're picking up snakes. What kind of snakes are you picking up? What kind of temptation are you inviting in? What kind of things are you picking up that are going to bite you and really mess you up? It's going to mess up your marriage. It's going to mess up your relationship with your children or your parents. It's going to mess up your finances. It might get you fired. It might get you into a mess. All because you're picking up snakes. You're picking up things that you have no business picking up. And we have to understand that we've got to release them. We keep doing some of the dumbest things. Paul addressed this in Romans chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. He says, I have discovered this principle of life. He says that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. He says, I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. See, those things lurking inside of you, those desires that Satan uses to lure lure you away, those desires that he entices you with to drag you away from where you're supposed to be, and he tempts you, and he tempts you, and he tempts you with your own desires that is still deep within you. So it's so important that we stay away from that. It's so important that we change the way we think. And it brings me to number seven. To win the battle in and for our mind, we have to have God's spirit and God's word. God's spirit and his word. We have to understand that. Look, we have to understand what the scripture says about the battle going on in our mind. Look what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 
verse five, uh, three through five. He says, we're human. He goes, but we don't wage war as humans do. He goes, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. He's saying, don't you get it? We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So he's saying, we have these thoughts that are rebellious. We have these thoughts that fight against God and even what we want to do. And we think of something and the devil tempts us. And before you know it, you start thinking about that. And the devil says, the Lord says, no, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. And you go, yeah, no, I, I better not do that. I better not do that. And there you are doing it. And you're like, oh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you is that there's rebellion inside of us, rebellion that goes against what God wants and even what we want. And the only way to conquer that is to have the Holy Spirit in your life. Because let me tell you something, the devil and all his demons are a lot stronger than all of us put together. But when we have Jesus Christ and we have the spirit of the living God, greater is he who is in us than he's in the world. And you know what, you lying devil? You got to go back to hell where you belong because my God reigns. We sang about it right now. How great is our God? Our God is great. He has no rival. He has no competition. He has nothing because our God is supreme. And we have to understand that. And we need the Holy Spirit. The Bible says if you don't have the Spirit of God, just ask and it'll be given. And some doctrines teach, well, you have to speak in tongues. That's the only way we know you have the Holy Spirit. And that I don't believe that to be true. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives tongues to some and not to others. And he gives interpretation to some and not to others. And on and on and on and on. I believe that the way you see that you truly are a spirit-filled man is you live out the fruit of the spirit, which is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you're manifesting this, they see the power of God and the spirit of God living within you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. When you let your craziness control you, it's going to lead to death. But letting the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, control your mind leads to life and peace. So we need the Spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit. But not only do we need the Holy Spirit, we need the Word of God within us. The Word I I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, Lord. I've got to make sure I have the Word of God. I've got to make sure I take it in. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, Jesus said to the disciples who believed in him, he's talking to those that have received him and believe him and are following him and are adhering to his word and are holding on to his word. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Oh, a lot of people know that verse. Even non-Christians say, the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. You know what? That is very true. But there's no freedom without truth. 
And there's no truth without God. So if you don't have God, you don't have truth. And if you don't have truth, you don't have freedom. And that's why there's so many people in bondage. Because they can't seem to get it. They can't seem to understand it. They can't seem to wrap their hands around it. That they need the Holy Spirit of God to have victory. And the Word of God to stay strong to continue to have victory. And it's important that we take that in. And that brings me to the next thing I want to say. The eighth thing is our goal should be to learn to think like Jesus. We should learn to think like Jesus. Jesus had and has a clear and healthy thinking life. Jesus was never confused. Jesus wasn't distorted. Jesus, the minute Satan tempted Jesus when he was in the wilderness, he goes, come on, man, go ahead and turn this rock in this bread. You're hungry. And Jesus considered it, and he said, no, man should not live by just bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's the word that's going to sustain me. Jesus had to process it. He had to evaluate it. When he was in the garden, he's like, I don't want to die. Those are my feelings. God, my feelings are, oh, I'm, I'm, the devil's telling me you're going to die. You're going to be tortured. You're going to, it's going to be brutal. And Jesus, for that split second, said, no, Lord, I don't want to die. Let this, let this pass from me. And then he said, wait, what am I thinking? Not my will, but your will be done. See, he had to reshape his thinking. He had to redirect his thinking. He had to make sure his thinking hadn't affected his feelings in a negative way, which it had. So he had to redirect his thinking and say, not my will, but your will, Lord. I am here to do the will of my Father who sent me. And it's important that we do that. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1, he says, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain... He goes, you must arm yourself with the same attitude, the same thinking, the same attitude Jesus had. You need to change your thinking like Jesus and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. In other words, when you're at that point where you literally are willing to suffer for Christ, you've conquered your destructive thinking. You're saying, God, I'm going to do your will. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, Paul writes, you must have the same attitude, the same mind and thoughts that Christ Jesus had. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, Paul says, well, who can know the Lord's thoughts? He says, who knows enough to teach him? Well, nobody But he says, but we understand these things because we have the mind of Christ. See, because we have the mind of Christ, I can understand the understandable. Because I have the mind of Christ, I can understand the mysteries that are in the Bible. Because I have the mind of Christ, I can work through my feelings because I know that a lot of times my feelings are distorted thoughts that turn into action. So he's saying, I need to understand and learn the mind of Christ to think like him, to really be able to do things the way he did. And then the ninth thing and the final thing is we need to change our thoughts. 
We need to change the thoughts of our life to match how Jesus thinks. And that's called repentance. When we change our thoughts to match up with what Jesus thinks, that's repentance. Because you're now turning away from what you think is right to what he knows is right. And you're saying, I'm not going to embrace that anymore. I'm going to repent. But repent has become like this bad word. It's become like a painful word. Repent. Turn or burn. Flip or flop. It's like, man, it's scary. Man, not the repentance that God leads you to. He says, come here. I'm holding my arms wide open. I love you. I'm embracing you. I'm welcoming you. I'm taking you in. Oh, you messed up, but I love you, and I'm so glad you're coming to me. We have a church that we planted named Metanoia. Do you know what Metanoia means? Meta means to change. Noia means your mind. So metanoia means repentance, to change your mind, to change your thinking, to change your thoughts. Repentance is changing your mind, your thoughts, and your actions. It's a lifestyle of changing the way you live and thinking and your actions. You start living completely different. So when someone says metanoia, they're saying change your mind. Change it to God. Change it from the destruction you think to the life that he gives. You're saying, I want to change. When you repent, you're saying, I want to change. In the book of Acts chapter 3, verse 19, he says, now repent of your sins. Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. In the Amplified Bible, I like this version in the Amplified. It says repent, which means change your mind and return back to God so that your sins may be erased, blotted out, and wiped clean. So that times of refreshing means and recovering and reviving may come from the presence of the Lord. Who doesn't want to be refreshed, recovered, and revived? That's what he's offering you when you repent. That's what he's offering you when you turn away from your sin. That's what he's offering you when you finally give up your will and and adhere to his. He's saying, change the way you think. Your thinking is so destructive. Your thinking is constantly tearing yourself down. God doesn't call you by your sin. The devil does. Jesus calls you by what you can become. He says, hey, man of God. And you're like, sure, I'm not a man of God. Well, I can make you a man of God because I see you as a man of God. I want you to become a man of God and you will be a man of God and you will walk away from your old destructive nature. And he also says that to women. But he doesn't say man of God. He says, hey, woman of God. And you go, woman of God. Yeah, right, I'm not a woman of God. Yes, you are in my eyes because that's what I want to make you. I want you to leave your old destructive nature. I want you to turn away from that. And I want to give you a promise that you will be transformed by the love of my God. I want to give that to you. See, he's trying to restore us. He's trying to make us new. He's trying to change the way we think. And we resist that because in our life, we want to change, but we don't let it start here. 
You have to purpose in your spirit. You have to purpose in your mind. You have to tell yourself, I want to change. I want to change. I no longer want to be here. I no longer want to do this. I no longer want to continue to live this way. So you're purposing in your spirit. You're purposing. You're telling your mind, we are going to change. And when that begins, you start a new process of processing things. You have a process of looking at life completely different and changing the way you function. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 2, John the Revelator is writing what the Lord tells him. And he's addressing the church of Ephesus. And he says to them, oh, I know all the things you do. He goes, I know what you guys do. I've seen your hard work. Man, you guys are hard workers. And your patient endurance, golly, you put up with a lot. And I know that you don't tolerate evil people. You stand your ground and you speak up. You have examined the claims of those who say that they're apostles, but they're not. You really hold them to to the key. And he says, and you discovered that they're liars. So he's exhorting the church. He's saying, right on, you guys rock. But then jump to verse 4 and 5. He says, but... He goes, you're all these amazing things, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. You don't love me anymore. You lost your first love. Verse 5, look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me. Do Do the works you did at first. If you don't repent... I will come and remove my lampstand from its place among the churches. So he's saying, if you want to restore any relationship, first and foremost with God, but even with your husband or wife or father or mother or brother or sister, you want to restore a relationship of a boyfriend, a girlfriend or whatever, he's saying, remember how it used to be. Don't you remember when you fell in love with Jesus? Don't you remember when you gave him your life? You couldn't let go of your Bible. You'd walk around every place with your Bible. Oh, my gosh, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. What does he say about that? Oh, yes, I love the Lord. Oh, what does he say about that? And you had your Bible with you at all times. And now we have Bible apps, and that's fine. We have all kinds of versions of the Bible that we get to carry with us. But you need to spend time with him. Spend time Remember what you once had. Remember what you once had. If you want to heal a relationship, either with your husband or wife or brother or sister or whatever, remember what you once had. Remember when you first fell in love? Oh, babe, I love you, I love you, I love you. I know I just called you, babe. I just had to hear your voice again. Okay, okay, I love you. I love you too. I love you more. Click. And then all of a sudden you get a text. No, you don't. I love you more. I love you. I love you too. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you. Now they call you, Ay, como fregas? What do you want now? I just talked to you five seconds ago. Oh my gosh. Text, text, text. Ay, quit texting me. Man, remember what you had. Go back to that. Remember your first love. God, I love you. I love you. I love you. Husband or wife, I love you, I love you, I love you. Son or daughter, I love you, love you, love you. Best friend, I love you, love you, love you. 
restore what the devil has tried to rip apart. And then he says, repent. Turn away from it. Quit doing that. Say, man, I, 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 I just messed up. I'm, I'm remembering where I was. I'm going to go back to what I used to do. I'm going to quit doing what I'm doing, and I'm going to go back to what I used to do because, man, I was madly in love back in those days. I was madly in love with God, with my husband, with my wife, with my son or daughter, father, mother, brother, sister. It was amazing. So I'm going to repent. I'm going to change the way I think. And then he says, return. Return to me. He's saying, come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to me. I want you to return. I want you to get it together. I want you to be back with me. Understand that. I want us to share this moment. So share it. Return. Some of you have never even made that decision. You've never made a decision to serve Jesus Christ. And today you could do that. So if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to do that today, raise your hand. Say, you know what, Pastor? That's me. I want to do that. Is there anyone here today? Well, then I want to say praise God. Let's pray for us then. I don't know where you might be. I don't know if you have really destructive thinking. I don't know if you have that stinking thinking. And you're tore up from the floor up and you need a check up from the neck up. And say, God, I really need to redo this. Because I am really lost. I am really broken. And if you need to just pray to renew your mind. Or you've got someone in the family that needs to renew theirs. Or maybe you're just going through something else, but you really want prayer. I encourage you to come up because we have people that are going to pray with you and stand in agreement and believe that God's going to turn your situation around. So feel free to come up and feel free to kneel down and say, you know what? I, I really, I've got to change the way I think. I've got to make some positive changes in my life and in the way I think. Or maybe just something else. Whatever you might be going through. Feel free to make your way up. And prayer team, make your way up to pray with them. Stand in the gap with them. Come and just lay hands on them and encourage them with what they might be going through. Encourage them and say, I'm going to help them. Keep making your way up. There's plenty of room. Keep making your way up. And just tell them, would you pray for my family, for me? Whatever it is you need prayer over. Just ask God to minister. Sing it out with us, would you? Would you stand with us and sing it out and say, Thank you, Lord? There's still time for you to come up if you want to come up. Sing it again. What a beautiful name. Oh, what a beautiful name. Sing it out as a promise 
and as a prayer. Yes, it is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. Father, minister to our lives. God, we so desperately want to make some positive changes in our life. And it's got to start with our thinking. So teach us how to control our thought life, Lord. For truly they control our feelings and then our actions. So God, guide us and help us. Stir up within us, Lord God, that which you have for us, that we might be obedient to follow you and serve you all the days of our life. Father, for those that are sick, heal their bodies. For those that are battling illness, restore their health. For those that are overwhelmed with grief, heal their broken heart. For those, Father God, facing surgery and medical conditions, We pray restoration in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. And we pray as we leave this place that we leave covered with your love. And we thank you and pray in Christ's glorious name. And God's people said amen. God bless you, church. Go live it out for the glory of God.